Hey, hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to the All Is Wellness podcast, where we talk, discuss, unpack together all things wellness. So that can be from spiritual wellness, physical wellness, mental wellness, emotional wellness, overall holistic wellness. That's the name of the game. Okay. So thank you so much for joining in today. If you don't know, let me introduce myself. My name is Marquita Hudson. Um, I'm the owner of Live Well Beautiful Coaching and Counseling, LLC. Um, I'm a licensed master social worker, um, a holistic wellness coach, and a life coach. And I am a lover of all things wellness. That's just who I am. And uh, I love it. I love it. So um, today we're going to dive into a topic that I think is pretty much um, on time, especially for um, the season that we're in. But before I get into that, I would like to say as much as I enjoy you listening and tuning in and sharing this podcast with others, just to let you know, this podcast is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed and trained mental health professional. So if you're finding yourself needing um, mental health support, please reach out to your local area or, you know, um, maybe like just Google, um, you know, um, therapy platforms that you can get the help that you need and that you so deserve. Okay. So, before I jump into today today's topic, I just want to let you all know I don't record podcasts often. You know how some people uh, may do podcast episodes regularly. I'm not in that space right now. I just kind of do when I when I'm being led to do a podcast. I want to get to that space. This is, I guess this is just a little confession right now. I want to get to that space, but I only do podcast episodes when I'm led to. So, um with that being said, I want to talk about grief because grief be griefing like <laughs> for real. And it's not a light um, subject, but it's something that I just wanted to talk about and share my insight for a little bit and also um, give you some practical tips and some things that you can use if you are experiencing grief or loss. Okay. And so with me, I kind of want to before I guess before I get into um, my um, story of grief and um, just offering a little transparency, I guess I can kind of break down um, grief and just those stages. I won't get into too much detail about it. But I will um, just break those stages down so you can kind of understand um, a little, you know, have a little backstory on grief and um, kind of just identify, see if you're experiencing some symptoms and then uh, giving you some tools. And then um, hopefully if you have any questions or anything, you can f- please feel free to reach out to me. OK, so grief. So this is um what grief is. And I wanted to give a, give a definition of it. And so, of course, I went to um, Webster online. And so um, they they reference um, the Kubler-Ross 
um, stages of grief. And as a licensed mental health therapist, that's kind of usually where we start our foundation. Um, if we're helping others process and unpack grief. So they are, there are usually five stages of grief, right? And so being aware of the grief stages can help us, um, how can help us kind of like, um, how we experience it in our own unique way. Um, It can also help us to kind of like increase our self-understanding and also giving ourselves compassion and also other people who are be who who are experiencing grief to give them compassion as well. It can also help us to better understand um, our needs and uh, the needs of our loved ones and um, making sure that those needs are being prioritized with grief. And um, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know when you'll be listening to it, but usually um, around the, you know, the autumn time and when holidays come around um, and when it gets darker earlier, usually, and when it gets colder, usually uh, grief is at an all-time high. Now, I want to throw this caveat in there, in there because, you know, since the pandemic, I think that we've all been experiencing prolonged grief, you know, on some level. You may be aware of it or you may not be, but I think we've been experiencing this collective prolonged grief for quite some time. And what I mean by prolong it's just been going on for very a very long time, longer than um usual and also collective meaning that everybody on some level is experiencing some type of grief due to the pandemic and everything that it entails, okay? So the first thing that I want to do is talk about the stages of grief. Okay. So again, like I said, there are five stages of grief. And so we're going to break these down to help you understand. And then on, on some levels, they say seven, but we'll go through both of those. Okay. And so according to Ross, the five stages of grief are denial, denial. I'm a little country. I'm sorry, y'all, but denial, <laughs> anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Okay, so those are the five stages. I'm, I'm going to give them to you again. So just in case you want to write them down or take some notes, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And so the first stage, really brief, is denial. So denial is usually um, something that it it allows us to kind of feel like the loss did not happen. So kind of pretending that the loss or change is not happening. And so this grief can be the loss of a loved one, which we are mostly familiar with, but it can also be loss of a lifestyle, loss of a pet, loss of, you know, uh, an apartment, a job, your home, you know, um, it can be so many things, but mostly people relate grief to losing a loved one. Okay. Just want to put that out there. So again, the denial is pretty much pretending that the loss or change hasn't, or is not happening. 
denying usually gives us time to more gradually um, absorb and begin to process what's going on, okay? This is usually like a, a, it's a common defense mechanism that we use and it kind of helps to numb us to the intensity of whatever the loss of the situation is. So as you move out of the denial stage, the emotions that you've been covering up or not wanting to process will begin to come up. They will begin to, to rise, okay? So usually in this stage, we're uh, confronted with a lot of sorrow that we've denied, like we've been putting it off, okay? And, and usually from even with myself, and with those that I counsel who are experiencing grief or loss, this is kind of the most difficult stage to process because you have to kind of bring it to surface. So like some people say, you cannot um, heal what you don't reveal, what you don't bring to purpose. If you continue to hide it, then you're not able to heal and process the grief um, so you can either go through all the rest of these stages or just continue to live your life um, in the most healthiest way. And before I get to the next stage, I do want to get some examples of how what denial can look like. So again, um, denial can be a breakup from a relationship. It can be a divorce. It can be employment or job loss. Of course, again, the death of a loved one and um, even getting a terminal illness or a diagnosis can also uh, be one of those things where you can be grieving. And so, um, for example, if you have someone, a loved one passed away, you may deny and say, well, they're not gone. They'll come back any anytime soon now. Or if you had a job loss, you'll, you know, or employment loss, you'll say, um, you know, maybe they made a mistake. Um, they'll call me and say that they need me back, you know, or, um, even a breakup or divorce, you might say, um, something, um, like, you know, they're just upset. They'll call me tomorrow. You know, they're going to come back to me, you know, um, and, that's kind of those denial, uh, you know, denying the fact that the loss of the grief has happened. Okay. So the, the second stage is anger. So denial, like we said, denial, um, the first stage is, is usually like a coping mechanism. But when you're angry um, with the grief or loss, that's usually a... Um, a hiding, trying to cover it up, um, masking it. And so um, that's when you, that's when we um, had hide um, the, the many emotions and pains that we carry. And so we use anger to do that. And so sometimes the anger is redirected to other people or even the person who passed away. It can be the ex, it can be the old boss, it can be the old co-workers. And so um, you, you're really not thinking it or processing it through. And so you're looking for someone to blame in that moment. You, you're, you're not really able to think it through. So um, you kind of act in your, your feelings like it's, it's, it's kind of being more 
reactive and not thinking things through. And so it's a little too intense for you to be able to think things through because the grief and loss could be traumatic. And so also just to point out, anger can also show up as a little bitterness and resentment. Um, And sometimes, especially for uh, adolescents or younger children, it can show up as rage and, you know, just having, you know, outbursts or behavior, intense behavior issues. Okay. So one thing I do want to point out is not everyone would experience this stage of grief. Um, And if it does come, it may be, you know, very subtle or it may not be long, okay? And then you may start to think a little bit more rational about how things happened. And you, your, your emotions will eventually subside. You won't ruminate in the anger, you know? And one thing I do want to say about the, the stages of grief is that you don't necessarily have to go through these stages in order that I'm saying because... Some people may not experience anger. Some people may not experience denial, but this just gives you a good guide. You know, if you're kind of feeling lost and like, how am I feeling right now? Um, These stages can kind of help you um, to acknowledge and then identify where you are and then start healing from that space. Okay. And so anger um, can, you know, um, show up again if you're, you know, in a breakup or a divorce is like, you know, um, I hate him, you know, um, or I hate her and she, he regret will regret leaving me. If, if it was a passing of a loved one, um, anger will show up as Say, for for example, if she cared for herself more, this wouldn't have happened. You know, so you're angry at the person for leaving you. Um, I even heard some clients say, why did they leave me here? You know, I'm, they're very upset with them, you know. And so they're pushing that intense emotion on the person who passed away. Uh, or even when someone experiencing a terminal illness, um, uh, an example of anger would be, how did God have this to happen? I do this and I, I tithe, I go to church, I'm, I'm good to people. Why is God allowing me to go through this? How dare God allow this to happen? And so that those are just some, some examples of how anger can show up in the grief stages. The next stage, stage number three, is bargaining. And so um, doing grief you may feel a little vulnerable. We may feel vulnerable and helpless, which is normal, right? It's normal. Um, and but in those moments of intense emotions, it's 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 very common to look for ways to regain like self-control or wanting to feel like you could affect the outcome of what happened, right? So in the bargaining stage. Uh, we may find ourselves creating a lot of what ifs or 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 um, if only statements. And so um, bargaining is usually like a, 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 a defense mechanism or a line of defense um, against the emotions of grief. 
you know, it, it kind of helps us postpone the sadness, confusion, or hurt. And so when we bargain, we we, we, we kind of say like, what if I could have done this and done that? And sometimes we even try to, you know, um, bargain with God, you know, or make a deal or a promise to God or to your higher power um, in return for healing or, or relief from the grief and the pain. Uh, so we try to bargain with God or, you know, have these, what ifs I could have done this or that. And so bargaining kind of looks like, you know, if someone, um, passed away that you love your bargaining statement will kind of be like, Um, if only I had called her that night, she would have not been gone. Like, you know, only if I would have picked up the phone when that person called, she would not be gone. I can say for myself and, and, and I want this to be an open space and to provide some transparency. Although I am a licensed, um, therapist, I'm also a human being first, you know? So with me recently, I lost a lot of my loved ones more so specifically, um, my brother, and my sister um and so it was instances that I was using bargaining I was like you know only if I was able to help my loved ones more with their health or only if I was able to go to the hospital and just be like I was just rationalizing and bargaining so much um and I had to come to a place for myself and saying you know I cannot carry that burden I had to be able to release that and not try to change the outcome of something that already happened. And did that happen overnight? Absolutely not. It was a process for me to let go of the what ifs and if the and the if onlys. Because one of the things that helped me to kind of go through and navigate that process, first and foremost, was God. Second, therapy. And third, wanting my healing more and knowing that my loved ones would not want me to stay stuck in a space and not being who God has called me to be. So the bargaining was heavy for me. It was heavy, but um, I was able to get out of this space. With, with prayer and talking to God and, and, and being my authentic self with God and allowing him to work, allowing his strength to work me through that process and going to my therapy sessions because every good therapist has a therapist. Just throwing that out there. And also, you know, spending time with my loved ones, you know, um, being more, you know, extending more grace to myself and being more grateful for life. But I'll get into that in another another date. But I just wanted to give you a personal example of what bargaining can look like when it's a loved one. Another one could be for employment, which I hear a lot with some of my clients, is that if I would have worked additional weekends or if I just would have... Um, you know, got a good score on my performance review, um, I probably would have not lost a job. Or um, even in relationships, if, you know, an example of bargaining would be if I only spent more time with them, they would have stayed, okay? And so that's examples with bargaining. 
The next stage, which is so common, um, and a lot of people kind of stay in this stage for quite some time. And I would say this stage is the most heaviest. And I think this is a stage where you need the most support, like a licensed therapist um, or, or someone that's a mental health provider that specializes in grief counseling can help you through this process in this stage. And this stage is depression. So whereas anger and bargaining can feel very active, depression may feel like a quiet stage of grief. So in the early stages of loss and grief, we may be running from our emotions, trying to, you know, run from them and denying them and trying to to stay a step ahead of them. So however, when we're in the stage of grief, we may be able to, um, no, I'm sorry. When, when we're in the stage of depression, we, uh, we, we kind of can't define it in a sense, you know? So sometimes it can look like, um, choosing to isolate yourself from others in order to fully cope with the loss. Okay. Um, it, it, it really depression, the stage of depression is really interesting because it's, it's inevitable for you to feel some type of level of depression during grief. And it's okay. I think that's what I'm trying to say. But if you're finding yourself stuck, if you're finding yourself isolating more than needed, if you're finding yourself not doing the activities that you once enjoyed, if you're finding yourself not able to do just, you know, like basic hygiene and, you know, you're not able to go to work or, you know, any of those things and you can't move through this stage. This is so important, you all, to really seek a licensed mental health professional. So um, because depression, prolonged depression can turn into a lot of, um, um, it can turn into more things. For example, um, it can turn into um, maybe suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideations. Um, it can turn into, um, it can start affecting other areas of your life, your job, your relationships. It can start affecting not only your mental health, but your physical health and wellness. So it's so important to seek support with a mental health expert that can help you um, through this period. And here, I'm, I'm going to tell you as a mental health therapist and as someone who's going through the grief process, um, depression is real, you guys. It really is. You don't have to champion out. You don't have to be Superman or Superwoman. God has equipped others to help you through this process. You don't have to go at it alone. If you're even feeling an inkling of, okay, I'm not feeling like myself, please get someone to help you through this process. It's so many people out here that are trained I don't want to say, I don't even want to say train, but are gifted to help you cope through the depression part of it. Okay. 
And so just a few examples, if a, a loved one passed away, someone that's going through depression, the, the, the depression stage would say, what I, what am I without this person? Like how, how would I go on without them? Um, you know, if you lost a job and it's making you depressed, you would say, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. This was all I'd known. You know, I've had, um, you know, um, people that I know, or maybe clients that worked jobs for a very long time. And that's all that they knew, you know, they had to either retire or something. And so that did bring on some, you know, symptoms of depression. And so those are examples of um, what depression can look like in the stages of grief. Now we're at the last stage and this is acceptance. And this is stage five. Acceptance is not necessarily, and I want to highlight this, it's not necessarily saying that, um, that, that, that you or we are in a happy or uplifting stage. It, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that we've moved past the grief or loss. However, however, it does mean that we have accepted it and, and we've come to an understanding. You've come to an understanding what it means to live your life now. You may feel a little different at this stage. And I can say for myself, I did. Um, and it's so expected, you guys. It really is. You may feel a little like, okay, is it safe for me to go on? You know, of course it is. You, uh, you've had a major change in your life. And, and that may make you feel, you know, kind of different about many things, you know? So I can say if you, you can look to acceptance as a way to see that there may be more good days than bad and there still may be a few bad days, but guess what? It's okay. You know, some people, <laughs> I, you know, life be life. <laughs> and, but I know it's times when, you know, things happen. And as for me, you know, I'm not a, um, what do they call it? Um, I, I can't think of the word right now, the term, but I am an optimistic person to some aspect. I always try to find the silver lining or the lesson in everything. Um, I, I'm not like an overly positive person, but you know, after I feel my emotions and I'm in my emotions and, you know, validating how I'm feeling, normalizing my feelings, I also say, okay, I'm at this space. What, what, you know, and I'm, and, and I'm, you know, however long it takes, but not too long. But after that, I'm like, okay, what, what's the good in this? What is God trying to show me? How can I, you know, um, continue to move on with life? Because life continues to happen. For me, with the passing of my loved ones, you know, um, I, I choose to acknowledge them in my own way. And that helps me for acceptance. It's so many things that you can do to, to, to help you get through through the process of acceptance or getting to the process of acceptance. And I want to give you a few examples and then we'll talk about just tools that different things that you can do to get through the stages of grief. Okay. At your own pace.
All right. So for um, examples of acceptance with grief is, um, say for instance, if it's the passing of a loved one, some some people may say um, things like, I'm so fortunate to have so many wonderful years with him or her. And she, he will always be in my memories. And so you see how it was like, man, you know, I, I, you know, it hurts that they're gone, but I remember, you know, the times we did this and it would bring up some good memories and you may even cry, but just allow yourself to feel that, get that emotion out, get it out, get it out, release, remember the good times. Remember when you all, you know, maybe did something you weren't supposed to do, but it was fun to you all, you know, just, just remember those things. Another, um, um, example of acceptance in this, in, in the stage, uh, five would be, um, a breakup or divorce. The example would be ultimately like, this was the best choice for me. You know, the breakup was hard. But it was it, it was the best choice for me so I can continue to live my best life. OK, um, so those are some brief examples. And those were the five stages of grief. I was going to do the seven stages, but this this episode is a little bit longer than I expected. But again, the stages are um, the five stages are denial, anger, bargaining depression, and acceptance, okay? So just to not make this podcast any longer, I want to um, just give a few things that you can do. And I already mentioned some in the, uh, while I was talking about the five stages and the top, the top thing is to, Contact a mental health professional. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but I'm telling you, contact a mental health professional. Why? Because listen, in this world, in this society, we're already going through enough. Even if you kind of, you know, in your own bubble, in your own world, I get it, but you're still being affected in some way. And so dealing with life stressors just in general, just going to work, working with people, um, bills and this and all of that can cause a lot of emotions, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, even depression on top of uh, um, grief and loss. And most of the time it's unexpected, right? So being able to have someone that hears you, that really sees you and that can support you is key. Okay. So that's the number one thing. Get you a licensed mental health therapist counselor to help you through this process. Okay. So if you know me, well, you maybe not know me, but I'm really, really big on holistic wellness. Okay. So some of the things that I've used and that I encourage my clients to use and also would encourage you to use is um, just to to start like a self-care regimen if you have not already. Because taking care of yourself is not a selfish action, especially when you're experiencing grief or loss, you all. It can also it, it can kind of be a part of the process that makes you feel better um, in a holistic way, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Um, and so it's so important to kind of e- start a practice 
add to it or just continue to um, to, to have like a self-care practice for yourself. And so one of the things that I'm going to incorporate um, that I'm going to talk about, I'm sorry, is um, adequate nutrition. Now, I'm not talking about going to buy, you know, if, if you're a person that can buy organic foods and all this and that, great. But if you've noticed that since the your, the grief and loss, you've been, you know, doing more snacking than usual, or you've been eating things that may not be um, the best things to eat, try to monitor, not add more stress about, oh, I got to go on a diet and I need to count my calories. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about choosing healthier options, making sure you're drinking your water eating more vegetables, eating more fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, less processed, less junk food, okay? That's all I'm talking about. Nothing too out of the way, but just making those small changes in your nutrition will be key for your mental health and to kind of um, help you feel better um, mentally and physically. Um, another way is to exercise regularly. Move your body, move those joints, get your body moving, okay? So you can do things as such as going for a walk, which I highly recommend because walking is, man, it's it, it's one of the overlooked but most important exercise body movements that most people can do and it's free. So walking is so good for um just mental wellness. It's so good for mental health. It's good for physical health. And it's just an overall great way to move your body. Um, you can also go like bike riding. Um, you can go to the gym, elliptical. You can take an exercise class or, I mean, anything to get your body moving. Um, definitely consult your, your doctor, your primary care physician, um, your coach, and, and making sure that you get something that's great for you and that works for you. Not to add stress, but to relieve some of the stress and depression that you may be experiencing during your grief and loss. Sleep. Sleep is so important. Giving, getting seven to eight hours of sleep every night. I am big on sleep hygiene. That would be another podcast, but make sure you're getting adequate enough sleep so your body can rebuild and your mind can be refreshed and restored, okay? And renewed. Another thing that you can do is kind of explore a new skill, um, such as like maybe a cooking class, journaling, joining a book club, uh, painting, um, going to art galleries, whatever the case may be. For me, one of the things that I, I picked up several things, I started ha being uh, a lover of plants, like taking care of plants. Um, I'm a plant mama. So when I was experiencing my grief or loss, um, a lot of people, and I'm so grateful for them, they gave me plants. Um, and the plants were, you know, at first I was like, okay, plants, you know. But once I started caring for them and I saw them growing and just growing new leaves and, and they bring in such a beautiful presence in my home, I started just going buying a lot of plants and I became a plant mama. So that was one of the things that I did that I picked up and it's been a great addition to my life. They bring so much life um, to my home. Um, other things you can do is calling or seeing friends or loved ones who can offer support. I would say during this time, it's so uh, important to have people in your corner that really, really care about you and that can offer support. Um, I had a few people around 
um, who was able to offer support for me. And I'm so grateful for them. Some of these people I've, I, I really haven't even known, um, you know, for a long time. And some of them, um, I knew of course, like family and family, um, I, you know, known them for a long time, but, um, it was people when, um, that came around that I didn't know, even neighbors. Um, I'm not sure how they found out about, you know, my relatives passing away. Um, but they, you know, God sent them my way to offer me little trinkets and taking out my trash. And it was just so amazing. And I'm so grateful for those people. Um, so it's so important to get people around you, friends, loved ones who can offer support. Um, one of the things that I think is important and that's one of the most, uh, maybe an overlooked thing is like joining a support group and, um, of, of those who may have experienced loss of a loved one or, um, you know, that are going through grief and loss, um, they can maybe offer some pointers, some support, some encouragement. Um, it's a lot of, um, support groups, maybe in your local city, I would say, you know, go online, do a little research and find a, um, support group that can help you. And, um, you all can come together and help each other and, and be in a supportive environment. If you don't have friends or loved ones, um, around. Okay. Um, I think one of the, a good place would be, um, if some people may or may not, it just depends, is going to maybe a church, a local church. Um, it's a lot of people who, um, a lot of churches may have support groups specifically for those who may be grieving or, um, maybe grieving or, uh, have a loss. Okay. So, um, Another thing I, I, I want to talk about is acknowledge them. And and this is specific to the grief or loss of a loved one. Um, for me and my family, we acknowledge um, my brother and sister and my nephew. Um, we acknowledge them around their birthdays or we talk, talk, uh, talk about them or we do little things. Um, not just on their birthday, but just throughout the year, just to um, acknowledge them. And uh, some people, you know, I think this is an individual thing. For some people, it may be hard, and I totally get that. So don't rush this process and don't feel um, pushed by others to um, to do this. This is something that you can do at your own time um, and acknowledge them in any way that you feel like you want to, okay? Um, and, and, and celebrate with them, you know, celebrate, you know, all that they were. Um, for me, um, we're doing some special stuff for uh, my sister and my brother. So it's just, it, it just depends on where you are. And again, don't rush the process. Um, it's okay for you to, um, to take your time and, and, and do what you want to do when you're ready. Okay. So the last thing I want to say is I totally get it. Y'all, um, losing a loved one, going through grief and loss can be difficult. I'm not going to even lie, like say, oh, you know, it's, you'll get over it. It's a lifelong journey as I'm learning. Um, 
even with clients, even before I experienced grief, even with clients, I see it's a lot, it's a long process. But the biggest key to take away is, is how you grieve, you know, it's how you grieve. And it, and it doesn't mean that your life is over, but it does mean that it would be different. And guess what? It's okay. So I do, I highly encourage you to seek help and support because it can definitely help you feel better. And with this, with this process, with this healing process, you, you'll find that your healing will help you to move forward in life. And you can still celebrate the ones that, that are no longer on this plane with you. Okay. So I hope that this podcast episode brought some insight to you. I even hope that it it brought you some encouragement or maybe some peace to your grieving process. And I know the holidays are coming up and it may be difficult for some of you all. But I would encourage you to allow yourself to, to feel how you're feeling. Release it. Don't hold it in. Have some supportive people around you. Create a self-care practice or something to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Seek mental health support from a licensed therapist, counselor, mental health professional. And last but certainly not least is rely on the strength of the most high because only the most high can get you through this process he may use therapy the most high may use other people the most high may use um, you developing a self-care activity or a regiment But ultimately, that's the most important piece. Okay? So thank you so much again, you all, um, for listening to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about me and all the wonderful um, services that I provide to improve the quality of life of others, please feel free to visit my website at livewellbeautiful.com. That's all together, livewellbeautiful.com and learn more about me and just to get to know a little bit, you know, a little bit about what I do and how God allowed me to show up in the world. So again, thank you so much for listening. And I pray that you not only live well, but you live well beautifully. <laughs>